Hey mama, my name's Diana Ballard and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started Mom Training, our live workshops, and the Mom Training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the Mom Training Community, where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about lightening our mental load. Now, if you're a mom right now, I can guarantee that your mental load either is thriving or maybe more on the struggling side, meaning that there's too much on your plate. You might be feeling overwhelmed or stressed, and it's it's a real struggle for us to be the moms that we want to be when we've got too much on our mind. So we're going to talk today with Shauna Smith about some ways that we can lighten our load and kind of like why we have such a bigger load than the majority of people just being a woman and a mom. Right. And, and how we can really get through that and be able to take out the things that don't matter and to really be able to focus on what is most important. So Shauna, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Diana. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, so Shauna is the founder of the Genosa Way um, and is, has launched the Genosa um, Institute. Um, and she's on a mission to create a worldwide healing movement. So why don't you tell us real quick about the Genosa Way and what you're doing with that? Yes. So it was in 2013, I came into space. I had to close down my business and we moved to a new state and um, followed my husband's career path. And in that space, I had a couple of young kids and plenty of time to really think about what I was doing. (laughs) And in that space, I asked, you know, what is my deepest purpose? What am I here to do? And, um, that had always been kind of a question for me and I'd gotten answers along the way and nudges and directions and, Um, at that point in time, I really wanted to know my gifts. There were a lot of things coming into my life that were like, what are your gifts, your spiritual gifts, your talents, what are you here to use? And so I was exploring that and, um, trying to magnify my role as a healer. And that's when I came into the question, how do you completely heal someone? And the Lord answered me. (laughs) and gave me this pathway. And because of my other gifts and experiences, I'm able to not just look at an individual person's life and say, okay, what's your best path of healing? But you can also look at anything else too, humanity, 
the education system, the healthcare system, right? What would be the most efficient, effective way to heal an organization or these other systems and processes that are um, damaging people and creating these ripples of trauma in our world today? And so that was the foundation of the birth of the Genoso way was how do you completely heal and how do you share and teach other people to come into that space for themselves so that it's not one person out there healing humanity. It's us learning how to do it and then radiating that out from our lives so that we can immediately and naturally heal the people around us. So that is the movement in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. That sounds amazing. Now, I know I'm not the only one that's curious right now. Like, what what kind of stuff do you do with that? Because, I mean, I know I've done lots of work to heal different things and, you know, worked with therapists and lots of writing and all that kind of stuff. Can you just share, like, one little piece of, like, kind of an example of, like, what that kind of looks like? Yeah, absolutely. And this is why I developed um, what I call the Genosa Blueprint, because, we do have our own individual healing paths and th the point and purpose is not to say, Oh, there's a right way for everyone. It's to say, what is the right way for you with your individual traits, talents, abilities, purpose, experiences. And um, we really want to just go right to that core of who you are and say, Oh, you're going to respond best to this. And that saves people years and in many cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars as they have invested in their healing journeys as we, a lot of us here probably have. Um, but I really, like I said, I, I love that efficiency. And so it was really about, if you think of it like an onion, if you can peel healing off one layer at a time and say, okay, I've fixed this. Okay. I've worked on this. Okay. My inner child, right. But um, this process is more about going in and removing that core so that all the layers collapse. And we're not in this life to learn how to, like the purpose of life isn't to work on healing yourself every day, right? The purpose in your life is to do what you're here to do. And if you're focusing energy on, okay, now I've got to release this or I've got to heal this or overcome this trauma or overcome this experience, that's not really your purpose. That's not really what you're here to do. Those are just the obstacles that pop up and we learn from. And so instead, when we collapse it, we can say, okay, you're here to do this. And because we've collapsed this today, you can focus on that. And that's a really beautiful place to work from. Wow. That's amazing. Um, what is your website for that anyway? I know we'll, we'll jump into the topic. Um, but I just, where does your website that people could find more about what you're doing? Yeah, it's connect with Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A.com. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Okay, ladies. So go check that out. Very interesting. I could keep going with questions on that, but I know we have another topic. I just think it's really cool. Um, so tell us about lightening our mental load. Tell tell me about your thoughts about that. Yeah, I love this one because it's a really big point for us moms. <laughs> I have five kids, one on the way, and um, there are so many things and people and 
items to keep track of. And so one of the things I wanted to address is that there's actually a reason why women hold more of that mental emotional load than men, and it comes back to the brain. And so historically, like you go way, way back with hunting and gathering, women were programmed and have the brain to look at berries and be like, okay, those are going to be ripe in two weeks, but they're not ready. So I'm going to keep track of where that bush is. We're going to circle back around to it. Whereas the men were more physically capable and stronger to go out hunting and they needed to keep that focus. And so they're tracking animals. Like all they're thinking about is tracking down that food. There's no distractions. So they get this super focused. Um, I remember when I got married, the man who was performing the ceremony said, I just want you to know if you're making dinner and you're like, I'm making dinner, it'll be ready in 20 minutes and all this stuff. Your husband's out mowing the lawn. He's not thinking about how you're making dinner and it's going to be ready in 20 minutes. He's thinking about mowing the lawn. And so it was fun to have that and also to learn more about brain science later and to be like, yeah, no, it's true. Like men are, are able to really focus in and tune out a lot of that mental chatter, whereas women are actually biologically programmed to keep track of everything. So that's where it's coming from. And, um, another side note that I always like to mention is this mental and emotional weight that we carry is also, it can translate to the physical. And so as we're making these connections with the body, our body can actually help us identify what is really on our mind, what is really stressing us out. And then we can focus in on that as a priority because it's showing up for us physically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Well, just going back to like the different ways that we think you know, you were talking about like, oh yeah, men can like focus in on one thing and like zone out the others. I'm like, wow, that sounds nice. You know, (laughs) because it, it really, you know, that's like, wow, that sounds like, you know, a break kind of like, you can just, you know, focus on one task and get it done. Um, but yeah, like for us women, there are, especially if you have like young children that are constantly needing your attention, um, and you know, your love and, you know, my, my 16 month old right now, Like, um, she like literally follows me around the whole day, which I absolutely love. I'm just going to say, like, I absolutely love this stage where she like just has to be with me. And then like, if I sit down, she's like, oh, like, this is my moment, you know, and it's like right in my lap. And she wants to see what I'm doing, cooking and doing all this kind of stuff. I absolutely love it. Uh, But it is harder to focus on things because, you know, like, oh, don't get in the toilet. Oh, don't pull the laundry out. Oh, do that over here. Like, oh, oh, over here. Oh, no, 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 don't put that in your mouth. You know, there's constantly things that are like running through my brain. Like her safety is off, like often on my radar, no matter what I'm doing. Right. Cause she, she loves to play in the toilet. She loves to, you know, anyway, she, she climbs up and gets in the, in the bathroom sink. I mean, just the second someone leaves the bathroom door open. Okay. So, you know, that's constantly running in my head of, you know, her safety, the safety of my three-year-old. Okay. Like the chores that my kids are going to need to do when they get home from school, what I'm going to make for dinner. What's my husband doing? This is like, it's just like, 
you know, you think about like how many things you think about on a daily basis as a mom. It's pretty insane. It really is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. Cause it's like, as you pass the bathroom, you're like, the, these are all the things that are possible and could happen. And, you know, planning those backup scenarios or preventing or reacting because you didn't prevent. And then that emotional weight of like, Oh, I knew it. I walked past the bathroom and I left the door open and now everything's flushed down the toilet and it's flooding everywhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So bringing that all around. And one of the things I also like to remind moms is that in addition to those things we can see and tangibly experience and witness like that, you also have these other just autopilot layers going on as well. And this is something that magnifies that mental load that we're not aware of. And so while we can look at these tangible things and maybe delegate some of those, I think it's really important for moms to know and be aware that there's an even deeper layer to that. And that is that every person in your home, including you, has their own circadian rhythms, their own biorhythms, and they have their own response to different seasonal changes. And we have this greater world outside of our home, and there are responses that we're doing as humanity. And so when you start layering <laughs> all of these things that are going on subconsciously, as we just cycle through being human beings and being connected to other human beings on the planet, you can see why we get overwhelmed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I, it's a gift that we as women can look at so many different things and manage a bunch of those things. But I feel like, especially in this, this day and time, there are so many different distractions and things that pull us. Like, for example, social media, you know, if someone posts something political or something about the medical field or something about like a danger for our children, our children or ourselves, or, you know, why certain things in these foods are bad for you or, you know, things you should be doing with your kids and, and how your house should look like. Holy moly. I mean, just social media right there has so many things that can pull your attention when you already have like that underlayer, like you were talking about, about where we truly care about the success of each person in our family and like the way that they're thriving and are they happy and they healthy and getting what they need. Plus all of the external things that we can see like you add in all that other baloney pretty much is what it is, you know, like, you know, there are, there are great times to be informed and, uh, you know, adjust things or, or change things in our life or whatever like that and get some ideas from different places. I'm totally an advocate of, of learning and um, searching for things that you want, but imagine getting hit with 15 of those in a, in a five minute scroll on social media. Now that's kind of, I'm pulling that into question of if that's one of the main reasons that we're overwhelmed is because of that. Right. What that boils down to basically is all the voices, right? So it's all the shoulds, all the coulds, all the woulds. It's you now looking at your life 
and having all these experts, quote unquote, they might be family members, they might be friends, they might be from social media, they might be news, right? And these voices that you now have to filter. And one of my mentors that I worked with, she said, 98% of our thoughts are adversarial, meaning they're really more about criticizing and (laughs) telling us we're not doing enough, right? And so that's where you know, collapsing this down and saying, okay, what is the number one key here to alleviating our mental load? And I'm going to give it to you right now. (laughs) You have permission to be the authority in your own life Mm -hmm. and you have permission to be the authority of your children and to be the authority as a support for your spouse, because all those other voices, they're outside And they don't know these people the way you know these people. Nobody has lived in your body every single moment of every single day of your life, except for you. And what we have lost a little bit is this trust in our own self and our intuition. And that is actually the key to why we have so much mental and emotional clutter, because We are trying to take it all in and digest it all instead of coming into our intuition, ourself, what would we do if we had no advice, if we had no outside authority, what feels like the right thing to do in our heart, in our mind, with that gut instinct and leaning into that trust is really what we've lost. Wow. So true. Well, and yeah, I I don't feel like that's taught or that there are as many examples as we need to, to learn from about that. I I just don't think that, I I don't know if like we've maybe just lost track as a society that it's just something that's not taught very often. Um, And you're right. There's so many different ways of doing things that it's very easy to doubt yourself when you're trying to make a decision. Um, yeah. So I, I love that because it's so important for us to trust ourselves. I know I'm on that journey right now of like my trust in myself and, you know, finding that authority in my life to increase. Um, and, uh, what, what would be one tip you would share with someone who is trying to increase their trust and authority in their own life? Yeah. So my favorite tip and my own personal experience with it as well is, um, for a year, I really made that commitment by the end of the year, I wanted to have that absolute trust in myself and to be my own, to reclaim my own authority. And so you make one promise to yourself every day and you do it no matter what, and it can be small. It can be like, I'm going to wash one load of laundry. (laughs) I'm going to read one verse of scripture, you know, whatever that is for you, it doesn't have to be big. And then some of them can be big. Like this is super important to me. I'm blocking out three hours today to be uninterrupted, to do this thing. Um, so some of the promises might be bigger and some of them might be smaller, but no matter what you keep that one promise to yourself every day, And I promise you by the end of the year, you'll be in a completely different place, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all the things. Wow. 
Yeah, because it really is about following through with what we say. And I think, too, that when we get our hands in too many pots, that's when we start seeing, that's when our mind starts noticing all the places we might be falling short. And it just continues to keep hit, like hitting at our self-esteem and our confidence and our trust in ourselves from, from just promising too many things, being involved in too many things, saying yes to too many things. Um, and not only does it hit our confidence, but it, you know, it increases that mental load so that we are completely overwhelmed. I mean, I know that when I, um, earlier this year, I had to get rid of like so many responsibilities and I'm so glad that I did like coming out on the other end. Um, but it just, it was, it was that problem was I just felt like such a failure because I had my hand in so many pots and had just continually seen like, Oh shoot, I didn't do this today. Oh no, I didn't do that yesterday. Oh great. I didn't do this. And it just started building this like case against myself that was like, you know, can you do this? Because there's so many places I can show you right now that you're not now you know, maybe someone doesn't go down that complete rabbit hole that was also combined with postpartum depression, but, um, you know, it can be, it can be hard for moms. So like, I, I guess I would ask you what, besides trusting in ourselves and building that confidence, what are some other ways that moms can lighten their mental load? Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that postpartum depression for just a minute too, cause that comes into it. But, um, any period of depression is our body inviting us to take time to observe. And so in your case, there was a lot on your plate and you needed to step back and observe what is the highest priority? What is relevant? What is ready to be let go? What am I holding on to and not releasing? And how can I release that and feel peace about it? Um, so just anytime there's depression creeping in, and usually there's a warning sign before that, that's called apathy when you just have stopped caring. And you're like, I don't care that they just spilled juice all over the floor. I'll clean that up in half an hour when I feel like it. Right. <laughs> like when you notice that you don't care anymore, that's your apathy. And it's telling you that a depression cycle is coming in so that you can observe. And if you take these proactively, you don't get forced so much into feeling and being in a depression. It's more of like, oh, this is my invitation to observe and to let go. So I just wanted to touch on that because I also um, had experienced postpartum depression after the move that I talked mm. about. Um, uh. I had so much change and I had to really think through what am I doing? So um, one of the, the things that I really love to do is to bring it back to what is your responsibility? Who are you? What is your role? And when you can come into that space of focusing on that and allow other people to have their own thoughts, to make their own choices, right? When you can delegate other people's mental and emotions to themselves, that's something that really liberates you as a mom. And so one of the things we tend to do is think of things for people to think through things for people because we're planning ahead. What am I going to need to provide for them in order for them to fulfill X, Y, Z? Um, instead, it's okay sometimes to step back from that and allow people to ask you. 
for what they need instead of anticipating it all the time or to step back from, <clears throat> you know, like there are a lot of belief systems about children and performing chores is a really big one, right? We want help. We need help. We can't clean the house and take care of all these people by ourselves. And we have to delegate some things. And so it's important to look at delegation with a different perspective instead of saying, okay, I'll be in charge. Basically we do this kind of more subconsciously. And sometimes we do it proactively because we're like, I like things done a certain way, <laughs> but to step back and just say, okay, um, do I need a time attached to this chore being done? Do I need, you know, it to unfold this way that I want it in my mind, or can I let go of some of that control so that I can focus over here on this other thing that's more important. And so that's been one of the, the ways that I've shifted that mental and emotional load is to come back to like, what's mine to do, to feel, to think what belongs to someone else and to stay in my lane. <laughs> yeah. That's so important to do that. That definitely is a skill set. I will say that. Um, especially for us that are empathetic, you know, being able to notice, I know I, I was raised with high emotional intelligence where you can notice someone's body language, the way that they're talking, the way that they respond, like, oh, okay, this is how they're feeling and different things like that. But that also can like lead into the people pleasing. And because you're so aware of how other people are, are interacting with the world, you know, like, okay, I know how to prevent this person from having this type of response, right? I, I know that if I say it in this manner, then it'll make it so that it, this goes smoother, which is a wonderful thing, but it can become kind of stressful sometimes if we let it get out of balance and, yeah. and to not protect ourselves against that it's our, that it's our responsibility to make sure that these people have a good time or they don't have a cow at a family event or, you know, different things like that. Like it's, you know, for adults, and our children, our family, our, our external family, like different things like that. Like it's, uh, it's a very important thing for us as moms to let people have their own emotion and not get affected by it, which is challenging because I feel like our brain is semi-wired to be able to notice all of those things and be good at helping situations go smoother. Like we're very smart okay. in that sense. But so how, how do you balance that then? You know, yeah. like between like where, where we're, it's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. So like, how do you balance that? Yeah. So it's such a great question um, because I know that is definitely one of those um, thoughts and beliefs that's out there about it, but it's to, to bring in a little bit different perspective on it, the only way for us to get drawn into someone else's emotions and thoughts and things like that, like I'm also highly empathic and I can also really intuitively understand what people are thinking. And so when I feel a criticism or something like that coming to me from someone, um, it's, it's true. They really are thinking that, but they're often mirroring 
my emotional and mental state on some level. So when our children are melting down, they're actually showing us something that's going on inside of us as well. Sometimes it is their own experience, but if we are triggered by it, if we are responding to it in anything other than peace and objectivity, that means we are feeling it too. And so that's a really important distinction that we don't actually make very often is that I can be in the, I call it the peace in the storm, right? How do you maintain the peace in the storm? You make sure that you have taken care of your emotions and your thoughts so that you're not triggered by somebody else's because the only way to get sucked into it is if you're feeling it too. So when we are having that disharmony with our spouse or with our children or with friends or family or, you know, and so on and so forth outside of the circle, if we don't feel peace, then we have to ask ourselves, hmm, how am I doing exactly what they're feeling, showing, projecting, um, And this has been a really powerful question that has unlocked so many um, experiences, relationships, good talks, growth, development for me is to be really self-reflective in that moment and say, this, this is actually me. (laughs) Right. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch base on, um, on something else here, like so with our mental load, um, how would you like navigate like our cycle of like our different hormones and stuff? Like, I feel like that's another piece that we as women have that men don't is like literally our hormones are like all over the place, like throughout the month, like up and down and sideways and everything, right? Like they go all <laughs> over the place. So like, I don't know, give me your thoughts between like our, our female cycle and like our mental load and like how we can kind of like, do you, do you think that, you know, during different times of the the month, like we should, you know, kind of like back off and let ourselves chill a little bit more. Like, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of those topics I actually love to talk about. I wrote a book called keepers of the earth secrets for girls and women and dads too, like as they read this with their children. But um, I wrote it because as I was trying to think how I would want to teach my daughter, this book just came to mind and I had to share it because I wanted to show her the beauty of these cycles and the purpose behind these cycles. And that, like you're saying, there is a time and place in every single month for us to do certain tasks and think through certain things and to feel and to express. And another thing I always like to address too, is while we have a physical manifestation of the release of menstruation, men are also hormonal. And so we don't tend to see their cycle, but they have one as well. And so that's kind of one of those myths of our society is that women are hormonal and emotional and men aren't, and they actually do have their own rhythms and cycles as well. And so just being aware of that, but with the menstrual, it is, yeah. (laughs) With the menstrual cycle, you have two layers, you have the whole month and you also have the week of menstruation. 
And so every month there's one week where you pull back a little bit. This is your strategy, your planning, your observation time, your time to think through things. Um, Think about what went well last month. Think about what's coming up this month. And then you have a week that's, and this is more of like a winter season. And so at the beginning of the menstrual cycle, you have a winter season as well. And it's like one or two days where you're invited to eat more like nurturing, nourishing, warm foods, soups, um, things that are light and easy on the body. And then on the second phase, You'll have a week that's more emotional. You want to make connections. You want to reach out to people. You want to find the support or offer support um, and be really connected to people. And that's the second phase, the spring of our cycle is that invitation to start cleansing. This is when our cycle is typically heaviest um, and we're focused more on deeply nourishing grains Um, things to help replace iron in the body um, and things that help our body purify and cleanse. And then we move into the summer season. And this is when you can really be more project oriented in the month, the summer week (laughs) and get those things done. So when you're looking at your pattern, you'll notice that that's probably not the week of your cycle. (laughs) The week of your cycle will be more of your winter week to be observing yourself, everything that's around you, and you'll have a productive week. And when you start putting things in your productive week, it actually really alleviates your mental and emotional load because now there's a time and place for it rather than trying to consistently maintain this, which is a very masculine thing to do, this trait of always getting stuff done. You're giving it a space, a time. I will get this huge project done during this week. My body will be ready. My mind will be ready. And I can let go of needing to do a whole bunch of other stuff the rest of the month. You know, we we always have tasks, but that has been huge. And then the final phase of it is the celebration, the renewal, the coming back into the world as your energy comes back in your menstrual cycle. And this is where we start to come back into normal life and, you know, re-engage and hopefully we're feeling renewed. We're feeling purified. We're feeling cleansed and we're ready to just kind of reap the rewards of our rest, our labor. So for our menstrual week, it's like, I've let go of all of the old. I've opened space for what's coming I've thought about, you know, what's going on for me. I've made that connection with myself and now I'm ready to come back out and reconnect with others. And if we're having any kind of disharmony in our cycle, we know where we can start to focus on bringing more balance into our life. Very interesting. Wow. Well, I think that us as women need to be educated more about our bodies, honestly. Um, because I mean, I'm, I'm sure I may have heard that somewhere before, but like to have it explained like that, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, those weeks when my body's like, it's time to rest and be emotional and snuggle up with your husband. I'm like, why can't I push myself? Like, what am I doing? You know? Um, and that can create a lot of stress in our body too. when we like are upset 
when our, our body and our minds can't keep up with what we want it to. Um, and so to be able to understand our bodies a little bit more to say, oh, okay. Like I just looked at my cycle and, and I, you know, I can see now why I'm like, feel like I'm going to cry today. Or I'm like, maybe I need to take an extra nap. You know, maybe I need to slow down a minute instead of continuing to just drill, drill, drill and trying to get as much done. Um, so very interesting. Um, so as we close out the podcast today, um, if there is a mom right now that is really struggling to lighten her load and just feels like so overwhelmed and, uh, just really just looking for anything to help lift her up, what would be something that you would say to encourage her, um, in her journey of, of finding like a better mental health and peace in her soul? Yeah. So my recommendation for her is to uh, give herself that time to start to observe these patterns in her life. We don't often gift ourselves that very much. We're always behind, right? And so I want you to give yourself permission and take that time to just watch now for you what this next month looks like. And that was really how my journey started with it as well. I wanted to already know, but the only way to know is to live it and to go through it. And that's part of that self-trust building exercise too. When you start really tuning into yourself and watching your patterns, um, that's when it becomes really clear what your body does want to do and when it wants to do that. And the other thing I love to say is everything about your body is supporting exactly what you want right now. And so even though we might be frustrated and we might feel like it's working against us, it's kind of like a puppy, you know, (laughs) it super wants us to be happy because it feels good when we're happy. And it's like trying to show us all the signs, all the things it's like, I'm just doing what you're telling me to do. (laughs) So to have some love and appreciation for your body every day and to just thank it that it really is doing its best to serve you in the best way possible. And as you start observing those patterns that you have for yourself and also in your family members, um, I hope that helps you feel more connected to this being that's helping you. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. Well, ladies, I hope that you have been able to, um, you know, relate to some of the things that we've been saying and also have found some tips and maybe some understanding for yourself and ways that you can um, increase your peace and be able to lighten your mental load. Um, Shauna, I know that um, you on Instagram is at the Genosa way. Um, You also have a really great Facebook group um, that we will also tag and we'll put all of your links in the show notes here, ladies, you can connect with Shauna. Um, and again, her website is connectwithshauna.com. Um, so Shauna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah. And we, uh, ladies, we will see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast. Hey mama, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about, tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper, follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard Live. 
If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster, and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the Mom Training Podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled, and create and protect what you love, head to dianaballer.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops, and other resources to help you create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believing you. I am Diana Ballard, and this is the Mom Training Podcast.